Thank you for joining us for another podcast from the Commonwealth Club. Good evening, and welcome to today's meeting of the Commonwealth Club of California. I'm John Milford, co-chair of the Grown-Ups Forum and your host for today. We also welcome our listening audience, and we invite everyone to visit us online at commonwealthclub.org. Our program tonight is Age is the New Designer Drug, How to Redefine Age in Our Anti-Aging Culture. Barbara is difficult to write an intro for because she doesn't like labels. So what I can tell you, uh, she's an instructor at the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute at San Francisco State, and I'm sure some of you are, are students and have been. Mm-hmm. Founder of the Age March, which started here in San Francisco. She's the author of 13 books, including the Viagra Diaries. And incidentally, the Viagra Diaries is being made into a television series. Her newest book is Love Sometimes. So please join me in welcoming Barbara Rose Brooker. Thank you, John. And thank you, the Commonwealth Club. And thank you for everybody who came out here tonight to hear me. I have a lot to say. I have a lot to tell you. You may not like all of it. If you don't, you can boo me. I don't really care. (laughs) You can also, if you do like what I have to say, you can stomp your feet. You can cheer. I love that. Because I'm not here to tell you anything. We're all in this together. Because age is all of us, all the time, forever. But let me tell you something that happened to me the other day. I found my toaster in the fridge. And, and, and you know, I'm not kidding. I got up and I thought... That's not like me. I mean, somebody came in during the night and did it. I'm sure of it. It just couldn't have happened. I mean, I'm not that neat. I'm very organized with my work. Not so much in other ways, but the toaster in the fridge. And you know what was weird about it? It was arranged beautifully. In the back of the fridge, in back of rows of smart water. (laughs) Then the cord was wrapped around like a ribbon on a package. And I thought, oh my God, what is happening? Women your age lose their marbles, said Larry on the phone. Larry is a 72-year-old. Oh, retired physician I had met at Starbucks. And I said, Larry, that's a terrible thing to say. That's ageist. Haven't you heard? Anything after 40 is ageist? Oh, I was furious. Beep went the phone. I'm on the phone all the time. I'm on the phone a lot. But I'm only on the phone with a few people. You know what I mean? It's so much energy. It takes. So beep, Janet Frumpkin beeped in. 
I've known Janet 45 years. She's a BFF. I love Janet. So I ranted to her. I said, can you imagine? He said, you know, that uh, that women my age lose their marbles like they don't lose marbles, like no one loses marbles. And I said, my God, this is a a, a culture cancer we're living in. This is disgusting. I'm furious. What is all the fuss about with something so natural and beautiful as age? Let's raise our hands. Aren't we glad we're alive? (laughs) Happy birthday. (laughs) Happy birthday to all of us. I mean, really. And everyone's carrying on about age. So I'm ranting to Janet, and I said, I'm 83, and I'm on a path of dreams. Dreams, schmeems, she says. If you want romance, you don't tell your age. Honey, she said, that's just the way it is. Did you hear what happened to Moo Moo Milstein? She said, Moo Moo's been saying she's 69 for the past 15 years. <laughs> she had a fake ID. She wasn't, she wasn't on, you know, on uh, social networking. And she doesn't, you know, yak, yak, yak like you do. 69 until her rotten kids on her 80th birthday <laughs> posted her birth certificate. And pictures of Moomoo with the balloons that said 80. She said, I rest my case. Her boyfriend, who was only 36, (laughs) some Uber driver, he dumped her. She's beside herself. She finally gets another date. And he's like 78 or something like that. And it's really, really, he's a hottie. And Moomoo's all excited. And they went to the movies, and they were at the Brad Pitt movie. And she was really into it, but he was very quiet. And at the end of the movie, she he was snoring. <laughs> and at the end of the movie, she tap, tap, tapped him, and he went forward. You got it. He was dead. <laughs> Things happen. Okay. Let's talk. Let's talk about this thing called aging. I want to talk about age attitude. I am not here. I hope this is working. The wire's falling, but you can hear me. I am not here to lecture you, to tell you how to age, how not to age. You know, all the stuff that's thrown in our faces, that's just everything now is age, 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 age. I'm here to share with all of you how we can defeat and get rid of age. I call it age racism. I call it an age holocaust. I call it this thing. I mean, age is is so natural. You know how people say to you, age is just a number. If one more person says that to me, you know, age is just a number. Hello? It's not just a number. Age is age. We have an extra day. It's not how long you live. It's how you age. 
It's how you live. Age is who you are. Age is you. It's inside of you. It's not just the outside that our cancer culture, our culture cancer, I should say, uh, promotes. You know, everything, how you look and how you blah, 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 blah. It's more than that. Do you agree on that? Yes. Yeah. It, it's, it's, my message is go inside. Don't just go on the outside. It's not always the physiological things. Okay, look, I wear turtlenecks because I have jowls. I mean, things happen, you know. I have diverticulitis. I have a little glaucoma. I have a little bit of COPD. I'm telling you, the past couple years with all the things they told me I have, oh my God. But you know something? All those things... Look at a rose bush, for God's sakes, how gorgeous the roses are, how they just bloom so beautifully, you know, in the spring. Aren't they gorgeous? I mean, they don't live forever. And no one lives forever. We can live to 200 years. And we can go around like robots because the way our culture is going, our anti-age culture is going, is we're not supposed to have any lines, we're not supposed to have any jowls, we're not supposed to have any of this or that or the other thing, hogwash. To me, it is a tragedy. It really is. So, age, I think, is a wonderful thing. And by the way, everyone ages differently. I know people who are 30, and they're already, oh, my God, I'm pushing 40. (gasps) You know, and I know people. The other night I spoke at the Institute on Aging, and a woman stood up in the audience, and she said, I'm 100. And she was wonderful and driving. Now, (laughs) now. That doesn't mean that everybody is a hundred and going to be like this woman. Kobe Bryant, and I could cry when I say his name, he had a terrible death at 41, but he lived a large and wonderful life. And his daughter had a loving, wonderful life and the other people. So, you know, it's not always what number you're at. This thing with the numbers drives me crazy. Age is not a one size fits all. Do you agree on that? Good. Now, remember, you can boo too if it comes up because there's a lot of ageists around right now. It's a hot topic. When I wrote the Viagra Diaries, I was told nobody wants to read about a 70-year-old woman having sex. And I went through years before this is going to become a TV series. I mean, it's gone through a million options. I won't even get into that right now. And um, But ageism is, it's, it's racism. It's no different to me, than racism. It's, it's, it's who we are. It's, it kills dreams. It kills purpose. So many people, when I teach my classes, they say to me, you know, I'm 87, and I always had a book in mind, but I think it's too late. 
Too late for what? Too late for some silly agent who's ageist and said, oh, no, we're not going to have an 87-year-old you know, book or whatever. Or too late for some producer. It's not too late. That's a whole nother story. I'm going to get into all that. I really am. And if you'll bear with me, I had a whole bunch of notes that I went crazy with at home. Look, notes, notes, notes for, for weeks, but I, I'm not looking at them. So if I forget a few things or I wander a little bit, you know, we'll get back to it because my message is to look within. Look inside of you. Just don't look on the outside, mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all. I mean, that's fine, too, to a point. Okay. What is a designer drug? A lot of you probably wondered where I got that title. What is age is the new designer drug? And I'll tell you how I came up with it and why I came up with it. Because Age has become a product to me and a profit and a billion-dollar business on top of it. Not only are there, I'm afraid to step down, I'll fall. I like to kind of walk around, but I'm, I know I'll fall with the high heels. Um, it, it, it's a terrible, terrible business because, okay, there's a million bestsellers right now on age and ageism. We all know that. A lot of them are written by 30-year-olds and 40-year-olds. <laughs> like, for example, I was at some book signing, and I was talking to a 30-year-old, this kind of cute guy, and um, he said he was an age coach, and that he helped people. <laughs> no, so help me God. He helped people cope with their age. I mean, it's become big business. It's a sitcom. It's a movie. It's a bestseller. And $12,000 a month symposiums, age symposiums. $5,000 a weekend age workshops. Age, 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 age. Oh, my God. You know, I don't sleep that well at night. Sometimes I take a half a Xanax, but don't tell anyone. But anyway, I don't sleep that well. And I had this horrible dream, and I dream a lot. And this dream was that I was, I won. You know how you go on the Internet and you enter contests? And I won this $12,000, you know, they were flying me to some island where I was going to be at this big age global workshop. And I'm at the workshop and everyone's given these like white Armani, you know, robes. And but here's the thing that upset me. We all had to wear our numbers. And and the thing is, they had all these workshops. They had gurus from every field, technology, um, psychology, uh, music, everything. You know, so the concept's nice, except that it excludes everybody who doesn't have $12,000 for a weekend, including homeless people who are on the street and not only have problems on the street and with their life, but also with ageism. It excludes the LGBTQIA community, where there's a great deal of ageism. It excludes gender, transgender groups, 
I mean, it excludes, excludes, excludes. It's like the Trump Towers to me. I call it the age towers. So now there's all these, you know, age things and age hotels and labels and so forth. So I'm in the dream. I'll just quickly tell you this, then I'll move on. But the dream, I really think dreams are true. So I'm in the dream, and I really wanted to eat with the 30-year-olds. Because I'm interested now in technology a little bit. That's a whole other story. And I thought, oh, it'd be fun to, you know, sit with them. But I was relegated to this dining hall where we were given applesauce <laughs> and, and jello. And I also wanted to learn scuba, dry, uh, scuba diving, even though I don't see so well. But I imagine under the sea, it's gorgeous. So... So I'm walking along this beautiful beach in this beautiful island, and suddenly these two guys, they're like, you know, these hot, muscular guys, they're like in their 20s, they said, you're under age arrest. (laughs) You're with the 30-year-olds, you have to go back, and they're leading me down, and they're leading me down, and I woke up. But you know what? It told me something. It's age segregation. We have segregation right now. We are all... You know what racism is? When we define people by sexuality, color, whatever, we define people by age. So we're just as bad. And that's why I say uh, age holocaust. So the age ageism creates segregation, Um Isolation, marginalization, low self-esteem, depression, all kinds of terrible, sad things. Do we agree on this? Thank you. Thank you. So, and, and believe me, I've, on purpose, I've interviewed for many, many years people from different communities about ageism. And that's why I formed the Age March. Now, the thing with the Age March, it's a great idea, you have to admit. I mean, we, we, have, we have gay pride every year globally. Thank you, God. Why don't we have age pride? What's wrong with all of you? Why aren't you joining my Age March? I've given four marches, and when I tell you on two cents, because I don't have any money, I never have any money. I mean, things come in between, you know what I mean? But the thing is, I had to get together. I had to get together a group of women to help me, and there's a couple of them here. Janet, Janet helped me. Candice made numbers. Candice Milford, I don't know where she is, I can't see, but... <laughs> She made by hand numbers one to a hundred. And, and you should have seen, we had all ages. My first age march, we had 300 people at Fort Mason with a band and everything. We had people in their 90s and their 30s. But then I had to stop. I ran out of money. It's hard to get donations. The women were all fighting and squabbling. Who founded who? This and that. I can't deal with it. But. But I will tell you what I'm hoping for. When my TV series goes, and my bestseller, I'm hoping, um, 
I really, really hope some foundation will come, someone, and take over the age march and make it go global. But you know what you can do for me, meanwhile, all of you? Please go on agemarch.org, for God's sakes, and sign your name. That's all you have to do. I'm getting several endorsements. But if I get a thousand names on that, someone's going to take it over because we need Age March. We don't need to spend $12,000 to go to an age symposium. We need to be our own age activists. All of us have to be our own activists. Just don't sit there. Don't sit there and say, whoops, senior moment, boo, 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 you know. (laughs) You know, I find myself doing that stuff, and I'm catching it. Age shame. We've been made to feel it's shameful, shameful to to, uh, have age. So what's also very sad, too, okay, the product thing, 24 hours a day, 24 hours a day on the Internet, on TV, what do we see? Anti-age products. Oh, my God. I mean, I have nightmares at night. I'm, I'm telling you. I mean, these beautiful girls without a line, you know, they hold up their slick serums and they promise, you know, forever young, it'll change your life. You will look younger. Why do I have to look younger? Why do we have to look younger? Why can't we just look great? And the thing is, I'm not against products. I'm against, and I'm not against looking better. But I am against the message. And the message is, unless you do this, you're not going to make it. You're not going to have love. You're not going to have romance. You're not going to be that new woman. And again, I had this nightmare the other night. It, it was really awful. It was called, I was, I was in this dream and I was sitting on a chair. You know those before and after chairs? <laughs> So there I am sitting, and I had like, I sleep with these little sleeveless t-shirts, you know, and stuff. And and my arms are awful. I have like, you know, the, the flaps in the wind. So I'm in the dream, and that British movie star babe, who's on 24 hours a day, she sells a product called Erase, Erase Crepe. Crepe erase. <laughs> Crepe erase. And she's on there. And they and she and her disciples, who are all have little sleeveless worked out arms, are yelling in my face. And they're slamming all this crepe erase all over me. And screaming at me. And I woke up and you know. For days, even with my... You notice I have a coat on now, but see, I have long sleeves, too. So, I mean, I was like, oh, my God, this is terrible. Oh, my God. And then how about the Melon Girl, Meaningful Beauty, where she goes on the, with Dr. Savah on the melon farm and the serum, you know, Cindy Crawford. I don't want to die in a hospital with that melon infomercial going on. I mean, it's just awful. The thing is, there's too much about appearance and not about the inner glow. 
the inner life, the creativity, the wonderful things. And by the way, we have to get rid of labels. We need to legislate. Raise your hands to get rid of anti-age label. And let's make it pro-age label. Do I get any... And just don't sit there and clap. We need to do something about this. You know? I mean, I love, you know... I'm 83 and I want to be a movie star. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I'm honest about all my little dreams. And I love doing this, but I really want something to happen. And creativity. We all have creativity. And it's so important. And by the way, here's some of the labels, too. Let's get rid of cougar. Let's get rid of senior and elder and geriatric and pensioner and um, sweetie. And um, I have a whole list of them. I'm not an elder. I'm a person. And it drives me crazy. Can't we just be like 60-ish if someone asks or 90-ish or whatever? Do we have to have these styrofoam labels? I mean, I've gone through decades of ageism. When I was in my 30s, single, divorced, struggling, I went back to college. I didn't go back to college. I went to college for the first time because I wanted to do what I'm doing today. And I started at City College. And I had to wear a Velcro name tag that said re-entry woman. So help me God, we had to do that for years. I transferred to San Francisco State University. I went to grad school. I got my MFA. I got my teaching credential. So I'm all finished with, I published my first novel at 49. And I said, I want to be tenured. And they said, you're, you're almost 50. We can't tenure you. So each decade of my life, I have heard, too late, too late, too late, too late. Now, all I get in the mail are things for burial or, you know, even for TV. Like, yes, I do TV. I don't know if anyone has seen me on TV. I actually did a lot of TV this week. I did Channel 4. I did Channel 7. I'm doing Extra in L.A. this week and so forth and so on. Do you know what they say a lot of them when I call and I pitch? Don't tell your age. There is ageism within ageism. I tried to get my age march on this big famous age, I won't tell the name, that would be mean, magazine. So I pitched the guy and I said, oh, I love what you're doing, your work. Will you please put age march up there? And he emails me. So help me God, I printed it out. We stop at 50. Good luck. Nice work you're doing. I mean, there's ageism within ageism. You are listening to the Commonwealth Club of California. Hear thousands of our podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Learn about our travel programs to exciting domestic and international destinations. And when you're in the Bay Area, please join us live for any of our 500 programs each year. You can find us online at commonwealthclub.org 
Now back to our program. Meeting and mating and dating. Oh, my God. The Viagra Falls. So the phone rings, and Janet Frumpkin says, Honey, I've got a guy for you. He's a real hottie. He's 83. He's your age. He's a painter. I know you like the arty types. And he's just great. Well, Janet, I'm not so sure. I don't know. I'm telling you, he's going to call you. So Joshua calls. And he's got like a robust voice, you know. And he's kind of got like the, the New York energy, the whole thing going. And he says to me, long time care? And I said, what? (laughs) Do you have long time care insurance? Oh my God. I said, no, I don't. It's too expensive. Well, you really should have it because, you know, who's going to take care of you? He said, let's, let's go to dinner. He said, Indian food? And, you know, I didn't want to tell him I have diverticulitis. I had just been in the hospital, you know, with the whole thing. I didn't want to say. I said, no, I'm sorry. I can't eat Indian food. Ethiopian. (laughs) Sorry, can't eat Ethiopian. Sushi. I really can't eat sushi. And he says to me, the nerve, this is really true. What the hell? He said, you know, I have a better idea. Let's forget the whole damn thing. He said, the trouble with you old gals is that you have issues. You either have relationship issues, financial issues, or you have all kinds of things wrong with you. Every minute with the colon and the coligard, he says to me. He says, what a jerk, right? What a jerk. So, you know... I mean, the ageism goes to men, too. And, oh, let me tell you one other thing I really believe before I forget. I haven't followed one note, and I used all my color-coded things and everything. (laughs) But here's the thing with creativity. Every single one of you, all of us, we all have creativity in us. We all have dreams that maybe we haven't taken out of our hat. And even if you're motionless, you can still have the dreams because the soul doesn't age. And I think do not, do not be age appropriate. Be age inappropriate. (laughs) I'm age inappropriate. And let me tell you something. When it comes to to close too. I am sick to death of people saying, oh, that's not age appropriate. Oh my God. Oh my God. You better cut the hair. You better do this. You better do that. Listen to your voice. Now I'm very lucky. I have this fabulous, fabulous friend who's a fabulous designer and she designs wardrobes for women 50 up, other women too. She doesn't tell them what to wear. She listens to what you want. And she goes all around from Europe. Now, I happen to love 
I happen to love, I only wear black. I'm sorry for those who don't like it. Too bad. I love black. But anyway, I want to introduce Risa McCabe. Please stand, Risa. Look how gorgeous. And if any of you ever would be lucky enough, you'll meet her at the book, Sunny. Do you love what I'm wearing? Yes. You know, it's, it's, how do you pronounce his name? Missy, Miyaki. But, <laughs> but you know what? I chose it. That's the thing. That's what I love about her. There's, she could go any direction. And I think so many women are afraid to express themselves. So any of you who might be interested, she will be at the book signing and you can sign a list because she's really, I can hardly get to her. I'm just really lucky because she happens to live in my building. (laughs) I'm just really lucky. Um, Purpose. I want to say again, purpose. You know, I've been lucky enough. I wasn't tenured, but I've always had I always taught writing classes, either on the campus, private clients, or off and on at Ollie at San Francisco State University. Is Kathy Bruin here? I don't think she's here. I don't see her. And it's adult education, and it's over 50. And I love these classes so much because I learn from the people who take my classes. Not only that, I... I, for those of you who may not like my writing, it's okay. Just don't tell me about it because then I have to go to the therapist more and more and more. Um, but I know how to put a book together and I know what's good and I've learned how to do it quickly. And so at Ollie, several people here who came into my classes in their 80s Vivian, I'm sorry, I forget how old you are. Okay, but these fabulous, Lucy, you know, I don't see so well, so be okay. Lucy, oh, there's, okay, Francie and Kathy, guess what they did? Guess what these women did over a period, how long were you with me? A couple years? We're still Published their books. Kathy published two books. This is on a third. She's in her 80s. Francie has a magnificent, like a Pulitzer coming out. Vivian published her book of stories, and Lucy published the most incredible. Have I forgotten anyone? Michael's not here, but these these people here, and Norma Kaufman, where is she? Oh, my God, there's Norma. Okay, not only have I known Norma since the second grade, and she's brilliant. She was with the L.A. Times for 40 years, but she's writing this magnificent, I think it is. I hope you finish it. But the thing is, do you know how exciting it is to see men and women who aren't hung up on, oh, my God, I've got another line in a new age spot. Oh, my God, I have so many. Oh, my God. You know, and and they have dreams. They have dreams. They want to make movies. They want to write scripts. They want, oh, uh, Mira is a fabulous playwright. I'm sorry, Mira. (laughs) This is a fabulous playwright. The world is going to see her work and works diligently at it and works full time. 
I mean, it's not an easy journey, but that's because we don't make it an easy journey. We buy into the, what do you call it, the 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 culture cancer. We buy into the anti-age message. Why are we doing that? Why aren't we forming our own little groups about age? And And I also want to mention, I'm looking at, oh my God, I love these women. I'm a cancer survivor. Yay. Yay. It's not just about me. I have a support group at Shanti of women with cancer. Here they are, these gorgeous women. Barbara, Deanna. I can't see. You have to call out your names. I don't have my glasses on. But, I mean, we have a fabulous time. And you know what we do? We write letters about our cancer. We write stories about our cancer is what we do. And, I mean, I could go around introducing Janet writes letters. You can write letters to to um, your loved ones who have passed on. And you just have to meet Janet and look her up on Google. But what I want to say... And maybe I don't want you to think, you know, there's so many things that we could go to now about age symposiums where they're reading off all this data and research. Oh, my God, it's shameful that I don't do that. I mean, that would take years. And I'm not putting them down. They're, they're like, that's a whole different, different uh, genre. But I really think for humanity, humanity, that... Ageism, we must take seriously and stop it because you know what's going to happen? We're going to all be living to 200 eventually, you know, with modern science. Everyone's going to be walking around with, you know, uh, robot faces. Oh, and you know what happened to poor Mumu? Okay. She, because she fears age and fears death, and she so lost so much of her own self. The more you do on the outside, the more you're going to lose on the inside. And because she fears it so much, I hope I can say this at the Commonwealth Club. Will they bleep me, John? Okay. <laughs> the last time we did a program, we ended up on TV for several months on that. Uh, she had a, a, what do you call it, a, Vaginplasty? Yeah, I mean, I guess she wasn't happy with it or her Uber guy wasn't, whatever. So she got this terrible, terrible infection. So then Janet Frumpkin called me and said, Mumu is going to be on TV this week. Tune in. And I'm thinking, oh, good for Mumu. She's on Botched. You, you know that show, Botched? TV, Botched. Not good. I mean, I think the mutilation thing has gone too far. I, re- I really, really do. I think it's sad. We have dumbed down and aged down the women in our culture. Just watch the Housewives of Beverly Hills or one of those shows. They can't even open their eyes. <laughs> their chins are on their heads. And, you know, I think, and I think it's sad for ratings. And, but, but these women really believe that if they don't look a certain way, 
they're not going to be accepted into life in any way. Hold on a second while I'm thinking. Does anybody want to uh, say anything or cheer or stomp or boo? Oh, okay. That's good. Hold on. I'm going to check my notes because I know I must have missed something important. But, but, (laughs) uh, well, I guess what I, I really am trying to say, let's together, you don't need to go listen to one person and think, oh, she's a guru, or he really knows. You know, there's all this adulation now on these age gurus. It, it just, I don't like it at all. Because we're all in the same boat. And that's the thing. And I think together, what we need to do is take an anti-age culture and make it into a pro-age culture. I want all of you to figure out... Mom, your medication alarm's going off. <laughs> High blood pressure. You know that, what is it, metropolitanal or something I take? I forgot forgot to take it. Turn the darn thing off. So, so, thanks, Bonnie. So, so, okay. I'm just going to to wind this up by saying the message, I'm going to stay on message, really is to honor yourself, be proud of your age, and protest, protest, protest. Please sign your names on my age march. One last thing. I had a dream two nights ago that I was ballroom dancing with this really lovely man, and I was wearing a sleeveless dress. The arms were going and I was okay with it. I have a national podcast. I've been invited. I was invited last week. And it's going to be on Sirius Radio and everywhere. And it's called The Rant. And it's going to be about ageism. Go to BarbaraRoseBrooker.com. You can see all my TV press coming up. And by the way, love sometimes. I hope you're going to read. It's all about what we're talking about. And I think it's, I really hope that you'll read this book and support it. It's got everything in it about Hollywood, ageism, writing, parenting, and love. Thank you very much. Oh, yes, yes, yes. We'd like to remind our listening audience, this is a program with the Commonwealth Club of California, and you're listening to Barbara Rose Brooker, author of Age is the New Designer Drug. And Love Sometimes. And Love Sometimes. (laughs) Um, I know there must be questions, Barbara. Oh, I'll tell you anything. Just ask me. Please ask me questions. Yes, please. Thank you. Hi, Barbara. Hi. Stephanie O'Dell, Celebrate the Gray. 
Hello. We've been chatting on the phone. Um, yes, Stephanie. How are you? Hi, Stephanie. We were going to have lunch. We were. Hugs, hugs. Thank you. <laughs> um, I want to just talk about the visuals that we're given as we age um, and the limitations that those stories and visuals are placed on us. Um, and I want to ask what you use for inspiration to kind of erase those limitations that our stories and society places on us. So who do you look to? Where do you get your inspiration? Very good question, actually. And you may not like the answer. I don't look to anybody. I look to myself. And I've I've missed a lot of things. And I haven't always, you know, done so great. But I've learned from myself when you talk about the visuals. Um, For example, visuals. There's so many visuals we all have in our life. If it comes to fashion, for example, I have always adored fashion. I have always, even when I was 18, I'd wear weird hats and funny shoes I would buy. I mean, I would, I would look at films that I loved and um, contemporary art. I am a painter and I love painting. And I go to the museums a lot, and I study the costumes and the looks. I don't know. As far as my role models, Rosa Parks, Gloria Steinem, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, Hillary Clinton, Nancy Pelosi. I'm in... I just want to say I'm in a profession where age is completely irrelevant. Uh, When we have a meeting, I have people at the table with me who a woman who is 80, two men who are 85, a woman who is 90, and a man who is 97. We each have an equal voice around the table. And some of you may have guessed what profession that is. I'm a United States District Court judge. We have lifetime appointments. And literally, that means you stay there as long as you can right. fog a mirror. Right. And, right. And the people given that ability to keep their job and be judges, uh, it keeps them sharp and it keeps them happy and healthy. And I sat the other day in San Francisco on the Ninth Circuit with a new Trump judge who was 40 and a judge who was appointed by Richard Nixon, who is 91. And I'm kind of right in the middle there. Uh, but we all have an equal voice, an equal vote, and we bring with us um, experiences uh, in the 90s or the 60s or the 40s that make us a better group of judges. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to say that uh, it, society should not be allowed to make us irrelevant in their our 60s, 70s, 80s, or 90s. So everyone deserves a lifetime appointment. That- yes. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. That's inspiring. I agree. Anyone else? You can ask me personal things, too. I know Barbara personally, so I have to be careful how I ask these questions. Um, How do you feel about ageism in men versus women? Great 
question. I'm just off the top of my head, and I'm speaking generally. Men feel it, too. However, men have are more sexist. It's a more sexist society, and they have more power. A man who, a man may be let off a job and feel very bad and so forth and so on because of his age, but somehow he can go get a date. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, men are more in demand, uh, but I do think that ageism affects everybody. Everybody. And also, with politicians, I was on Channel 4 the last night, I believe, and they asked me um, how I feel about Mayor Pete being so young and uh, Biden being older. And I said, it doesn't matter. To me, 41-year-old can have talent. What good is experience if you don't have the talent? And so to me, age should not even be an issue. I mean, we have a a moron who's running our country, and how old is he? And I don't care what anyone says, but, I mean, he's in his late 70s. Someone's stomping, I know. Well, I'm lucky enough to have grown up in the Bay Area uh, throughout the 60s and the 70s, and, you know, now that we're in the 2020s, I've I've actually inhabited eight... um, portions of eight decades. Um, and I grew up with artists and, and mathematicians and writers, and so age wasn't really a factor in anyone's productivity. I think it more has to do with societally um, biological function and, and productivity that way. And, and so people, you know, women particularly are valued less as we um, uh, are not childbearing. And, and you know, so or, you know, wrinkled or whatever, but that, you know, the wrinkles and all that, I mean, it signifies that, you know, no, you're not going to be um, creating more generations and, and, you know, looking back on humanity much further. Um, without industry, that was what got us to the next, the next step was, you know, making more people um, and educating ourselves. Um, but so um, there's... There's that. I just, I have always admired the, when you talk about like, you know, um, role models and things like this, we have to look like kind of to other cultures, to tribal cultures. And we're exposed to that, you know, as educated people to witness how elders are honored and are valued and are embraced and included in everything and not discarded. And then one other comment is that I, I would really chafe at this use of the word um, racism when I think that as a writer, probably you might want to consider adjusting to either prejudice or bigotry because as a white woman to talk about um, ageism being equivalent to race is, um, I find, incredibly offensive. Well, I don't. You don't. And no. that's you. Yes. And then also um, whether or not you have family that um, perished in the hall. The yes, Holocaust. I have. There's, you know, so, but, but race is, race is a construct anyway, and age is, um, a progression. And so to equivalize those. What I'd like to say, is dismissive what of people that actually, that actually live their lives under the oppressive nature of racism. Okay. Nobody feels 
more than I do that racism is absolutely prevalent in our country. And if I may say so, I appreciate what you're saying sociologically, psychologically, and what the reason I say racism and I hold to it is because racism defines people by the color of their skin. And I don't care what anybody says. You can, you can couch it in all kinds of wonderful dissertations and intellectual and all of that, but it exists. And you know, I didn't really even have time to tell you that in 2018, I was in the hospital a lot. And what I noticed in the hospital is that I was treated because of my age with this sickening kind of baby talk. Uh, uh, women, women your age get this like I was going to die. Uh, there was a tone. Um, I was pushed off. A priest came to my room. Um, I didn't, first of all, I'm not religious. I'm Jewish. And that's beside the point. Um, I think that when I mentioned Rosa Parks, because she gave her seat up on the bus to make a point, she didn't change racism, but she certainly helped. I'm saying that all of us should give up our seats on the bus. And, you know, I could speak from a white privilege point of view, which I think you did, which is okay. I, yeah, I, it sounded a little bit that way to me. Does anyone else have anything else to say? Just sitting here listening to you tonight. And knowing you for the last, what, 50 years, 55 years, I am so proud of everything you have accomplished, everything you want oh, to accomplish, everything, everything that you encourage people to have uh, the courage to look at within themselves. Thank you. You did a great job. Thank you. Thank you. You know, all I'm saying, all I'm saying is that take seriously this ageism because you know what? The Holocaust, we could all be segregated by numbers. We already are, and you're not even realizing it because we've all bought into it. And I could go on and on and on, but I'm not going to. That's different from being gassed to death. I'm not saying, obviously, I'm not saying that. But this could happen, too, especially with the president we have. Well, Barbara. Thank you, Barbara, for speaking tonight. Thank you. We also thank our audience here, as well as those listening to the recording. And now this meeting of the Commonwealth Club of California, commemorating its 117th year of enlightened discussion, is adjourned. <laughs>